Good morning and greetings in Jesus name. This is Leadership Talk. On this podcast our goal and our aim is to equip you and encourage you and to motivate you to be the kind of leader that Jesus was and he is and and uh, he wants us to be. And I pray that this morning's conversation will be a blessing to you. But before I go into introducing our guest, let me just remind you that our annual leadership conference is coming up in the month of July 17 to 19 here in Bangalore you can visit our website dreamingrevival.com/slash 2019 to be able to register and secure a spot uh, so that you can come down and join with us at this conference don't miss it for anything in the world this morning we have a special guest all the way from Las Vegas in the United States her name is Annie Lobert I'm sure some of you have heard her testimony or seen her in the I am second videos that are always uh, popping up if you look up her name. God saved her from a very extreme lifestyle and her story is a beautiful picture of the incredible love and grace of God in our lives and I pray and I hope that this conversation will be a blessing to you. So here is Annie for you guys. Welcome Annie. Thank you so much for agreeing to doing this podcast with us. This is the leadership talk that we do for all the leaders and pastors that we mentor here in India and around the world. Uh, we believe that this conversation is definitely going to be a big blessing for everybody who is tuned in this morning uh, to receive from your story and your experiences and what God has taught you. Thank you for agreeing. And would you like to just say a hello to all of our listeners this morning? Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here and to pour into you a bigger seed of faith. Amen. Woo! Amen. Annie, I, I should <laughs> say it like this, that your story is so inspiring. It is such a, 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 an epitome of, of God's grace and God's love for us. Uh, would you mind sharing your story in, in, a, in a nutshell? I know that we can actually pick up the book that you've written to get to know your story in detail. But if you could just tell us your story in a, in a small uh, you know, note over here, if you could just share for those of you who don't just know yet. A couple minute worth of that, I'll try to sum it up. Basically, I was born in Minnesota and I was raised in a Luth in family, my dad was an alcoholic that was very abusive towards my family. And so us children and my mom grew up with complex trauma and he would hurt my mother in front of us kids. And then he would be emotionally and mentally abusive and physically abusive with my mom and us children. So I grew up without a knowing who I was mm. as a woman. Mm. And so I was always searching for love that I never received from my father. Even mm. though deep inside I knew he loved me, he didn't know how to show it. Mm. It didn't matter to my heart. So mm. I ended up becoming very promiscuous. Um, I was sexually abused between ages eight and nine by a neighbor, next door neighbor. Mm. And that catapulted me into a lifestyle of looking for intimacy with mm. different men, mm. different boys, whatever I could get, any attention I could gather from anyone made me feel alive, mm. you see. And what is a lot of the people don't understand about trafficking is a lot of the girls just have, and boys, have a huge hole in their hearts. Mm. And they're just looking to 
feel that anxiety, the loneliness, depression, right. the rejection they feel with a sense of belonging. Hmm. So go out into Minneapolis, got three jobs when I turned 18, and I ended up going out to a nightclub one night, and three men came in, excuse me, two men came in, and they were pimps, and we did not know they were sex trafficking pimps. Hmm. My girlfriend starts dating one of the men, and he brought her to Hawaii hmm. a while, and then next thing you know, I'm flying out to Hawaii to learn how to sell myself for the first time, hmm. and I was a teenager still. Hmm. I ended up coming back to Minnesota and quitting all three of my jobs and working the escort services and the strip clubs in Minnesota. Hmm. So now I was full into the sex industry without any pimp. Hmm. And I met my trafficker months later at the strip club. Hmm. And I brought him to Las Vegas because the pimps that we knew had houses here too. Hmm. And the first night that I worked, he broke me and took all my money and beat me almost to death. Wow. And that's how I was introduced to trafficking. Wow. And how, how long was that phase uh, from when you first got into uh, prostitution to, 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 the, to the last point when to be you finally... finally... Right. To, to be in trafficked, actually, realizing I was being trafficked was probably, I would say, six months, maybe nine months. Okay. It okay. wasn't that long. It was a very short period. Mm -hmm. And I in the industry with two different traffickers for okay. one decade. Okay. And I got out of the industry. I had a client, actually one of my customers, take me out of the industry and teach me how to work on cars, mm -hmm. work for his business. But then I never got my healing that I needed. Mm -hmm. I was very broken and what I didn't realize it at the time is that I had severe complex trauma. Mm -hmm manifesting in so many different ways in my work ethic, my relational skills. And I basically, when I got out of prostitution and sex trafficking, I was mm. hooked on cocaine really bad. Mm. I got back on cocaine because we had lost our business mm. together as a group and I was devastated. So I got back into the Las Vegas Strip selling myself again and on August 2nd 2003 hmm. I and so that was the day that my life got completely set free wow. and I gave life to God wow so so how and did I, that happen like did somebody tell you about Jesus or did you visit a church I, how did that happen I I didn't go to a church however I had a seed planted in me as a little girl going to church. Okay. I went to Lutheran church and okay. Bible Bible summer Bible school that they have for little kids. Mm -hmm. And I never forgot those words. And I was confirmed as a Lutheran when I was, I think I was 13 or 14 years old and I had to memorize some scriptures. I don't remember what they were, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I all I know is I got confirmed. And then that was my education. Mm -hmm. However, a lot of that's really fuzzy what I learned mm -hmm. because what I don't remember from my church experience is the feeling of acceptance mm -hmm. and grace. Mm -hmm. I felt rejected and judged. Mm -hmm. So that part of God and religion was in the back of my heart and my mind, but this was different. Mm -hmm. It's like 
Okay, so this is what happened. I read the New Testament for the very first time, the entire New Testament, the Gideon's Bible. Mm. Someone gave me the Gideon's Bible when I was 18. Mm. Okay, so for sure, everyone that's listening right now needs to get my book, Fallon Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior, because that in detail tells you what really happened. So I read the New Testament for the first time before I overdosed, mm. when I was still working mm. as a Paul girl slash sex trafficking victim. Mm -hmm. But can I tell how it changed me? Mm -hmm. That Jesus became real to me more than he ever has. Wow. And I realized that if I cry out to him when I was overdosing, mm -hmm. that I knew he would be there. And actually before I overdosed, I was praying to God to get me out of trafficking. Wow. You open up a doorway, help me. I'm 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 desperate. I feel like I my life is a dead end. My life is depression. My life is full of anxiety and fear and worry and you know, just nothing that I ever imagined it to be as a little girl. Whoa. So that happened. I mean, I literally surrendered my life. Now, we all know when we all surrender our lives, we don't know what we're actually doing fully right, because right. I didn't realize exactly what I would be doing with my life, but I knew one thing, mm -hmm. Pastor, that I was never, ever going back. Wow, amazing, amazing. And, I, and I've never gone back, ever, amazing. to my old life. Now, the stats mm. say, with women, mm. they've got a, a survey, Melissa Farley at prostitutionresearch.com talks about, she interviewed 900 women. Mm-hmm. In, in nine different countries. Okay. And I'm not sure if one of them was Indian, but uh, India, but you can look it up. So what it says in those stats is that when a woman leaves prostitution, a.k.a. trafficking, mm -hmm. she goes back mm. five, seven times wow. before she quits. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Remember the part on my story that I said I quit for a little while and went back? So there's my one time. Right, right. Okay? And then I also, in between that, it's detailed in my book, I was hustling on the side, mm. make deals, but I didn't consider it prostitution, mm. but it was. Mm -hmm. While I was in my auto business. Right, right. So we say twice now. So my third time, wow. I finally surrendered. Wow. And it was done. And and literally with Jesus. Yeah. Now I want to encourage everyone out there listening. When you really give him everything, hmm. he does a miracle in your life. When God said to Ezekiel, will these bones live? I mean, he looked at the valley of dry bones. Hmm. Yeah. In Ezekiel 37. And God told Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones. Yeah. So basically, I knew, I knew that it was up to me. Hmm. Yes. Speak life and to live life and to tell myself, you're done. You're prophesying to your bones. They're going to wake up now. Amen. And Amen. you're like, Amen. Amen. So, yeah. so, so often. That's, that's how, it, how it all started. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I've heard of stories of people who have gone through abusive lifestyles where where they have been abused. And, and sometimes that guilt gets into your heart and. And, and then you feel that there's no way out, you know, and, and then you yes. are expecting for somebody else to come and help you. And, and right. I like what you said that, you know, it's, it's our sometime you have to just rise up to just prophesy over your own life and, 
just speak life into those uh, dead situations and into those broken areas. Yes. Okay, and now we're touching on a good place because you know why? Most of the time when you're getting out of these hard situations, you know what happens? You don't have a great support group around you. Yeah. So sometimes you need to just rise up in yourself. Right. See, God partners with us. Yeah. He, he partners with that yes. You're right. He partners with that surrender. Mm. It's, it, it is up to him, mm. but at the same time, he needs our yes. Right. He needs our vessel. He needs our body to participate. Yeah. You know, you could pray all you want, mm. but your obedience right. is right. going to do the mm. miracle. Amen. Amen. You that's know, true. Your obedience. Mm. So, that, that's true. So, so now, 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 right now. <laughs> amazing. So, so now, now you're married and, uh, and God's blessed, uh, your, your life and, you know, and, and what is your current, um, fuel in your walk with God, in your relationship with your husband, in, in your social relationships? What is it that, uh, one thing that keeps your passion for God and, and, and everything that you're doing alive? What is the one key thing in your heart that keeps your love so for God alive? Oh my gosh. Okay. That is a, such a loaded question, but let me just do what I know is on my heart right now. And I thought about this past couple of days. It's so crazy that you're asking that because one of my passions is obviously helping women like me, mm-hmm. but inside of that, inside of that is mm-hmm. my own healing mm-hmm. coming to fruition every day. And mm-hmm. I am learning new things about myself mm-hmm. through my faith mm-hmm. and God showing me all these different things and it's such an exciting time for me i want to encourage everyone out there to keep learning about god keep reading your bible keep doing bible studies look into those scriptures look into commentaries go deep dig 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 look at the history of the hebrew people and learn about what it really means to be saved and what the Messiah came for and why we're here. That to me, I'm here right now mm. to share this message mm. with so many hurting people. And what I find in the passion part of it is that my passion just isn't for the women that come out of the sex industry and trafficking, which by the way is a huge percentage now because our cell phones, our cell phones are creating more victims. Right. Unfortunately. Right. And, and creating pathways for traffickers to get the victims into their servanthood, right? Right, right. That being said, there is more victims ever now than there ever was True. of slavery to this True. day. Include labor trafficking, right? True. And True. I know I know India there's a lot of labor trafficking that just is, like America. Is. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean it's it's incredibly you know, challenging, but at the same time it's incredibly inspiring because guess what? Here's the thing. My passion is letting people know that God loves them mm. and that he has incredible, stupendous, in, in Japanese they say, they call it, suparashine, plan for their lives. Amen. That would just tap into his love for them. Wow. And the wow. possibilities that they could, they could flip this, this world upside down and turn it up. I mean, it's, we need to help people. Wow. That is our, that should be our sole purpose. Wow. Because... Helping people brings us the joy of God, right. the joy of the Lord. I feel the joy of the Lord right now in the room. I feel it. I, I agree. feel His, and 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 
He wants to touch someone out there. He wants to tell them, you can be set free too. You don't have to stay stuck in this depression, True. in this complex trauma, in the PTSD, in the fear, in the anxiety. You know, I come against right now, I come against the, the, uh, that, that, that darkness that's trying to take these people down in yeah. the name of Jesus. Amen. And we declare light in that situation. Yes. And we diffuse all the darkness in the name of Jesus. Amen. We block it. Yes. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Did I answer that correctly? Cause that Absolutely. Kind of a, a long... Thank you. Thank you so much, Annie, for uh, going, uh, uh, being sensitive to what the Spirit is speaking and doing even through the podcast. And uh, I, I just wanted to ask you this. You know, I understand that uh, the ministry Hookers for Jesus uh, was not immediately birthed as soon as you um, got saved. It took a while for it to be birthed. And, and what is the vision and what, what is the whole uh, thing that the ministry is doing right now and and, and I, if i'm not wrong you have a destiny house where you uh, yes we do where you I, i'm at destiny house right now <laughs> oh, okay okay and where where you rehabilitate all these uh, people that are being saved out of trafficking and could you just share in right. brief on what what god is using you to do well when i said that prayer on august 2nd 2003 i promised god um that i wouldn't go back but i also said that I would help women like me hmm. or help people in general because that's part of my heart cry is helping people like me. But what I found is that, you know, doing this work, it has been a very large challenge in my life, hmm. but at the same time, the best thing that's ever happened to me because it showed me where I needed areas of healing. Hmm. So, it, you know, basically reaching out to the women. I was driving my car and I was like, I have to reach these ladies. And I remember the day it happened and I remember driving down the street called Durango in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I was just leaving church and, and I was going out to the strip and reaching women like me passing out my card. I did not have a name for it. Mm -hmm. So the name actually comes from being called a hoe, a whore and a hooker. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like an oxymoron, but here's the here's the kicker. The Holy Spirit told me to name it Hookers for Jesus. Mm. Because on Matthew four nineteen, I will teach you how to fish for people. Mm. The four, first four disciples were fishermen. Yeah. And cleaning, uh, two of them were cleaning their nets, and he said, "Come follow me." Mm. And what I find amazing about the name is the fact that. God can take that name hooker and turn it into a fish hook yeah. and a fishing and and turn it into a holy purpose instead Amen. of a dirty purpose, right? right? So a lot of people misconstrue the name and go, oh my gosh, I mean, it, I'm just like, if you're offended by the name, get over yourself. <laughs> right, that means you're offended right. by I mean, That means you don't love sex workers. You don't love women that are trafficked. Right. Now, I don't like to say sex workers as much as, as victims of trafficking because sex work sounds like this it's empowerment which right. it's not it's right. a fake right. facade that is right. given given to this uh, speaking voice into that movement of women say i love this work because i said that same thing I when i first started yeah oh, i love this work. and i was lying because i want just wanted to make more money yeah i was just trying to tell people so the thing is is that hookers for jesus you know the the actual ministry was birthed I would probably say, yeah, the the day that I surrendered in 2003, but the actual 
nonprofit, I didn't file for it until 2006, 2007. I see. But I started doing outreach. And then the Hookers for Jesus turned into an out, a big outreach. Hmm. And all of a sudden, bringing girls to church and giving them services. And I, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it's called case management. Hmm. And it's helping every girl get the resources they need in our community in Las Vegas. And right. even girls that would reach out to me hmm. from other states, which I had a lot do that. Um, and then we started to, we opened Destiny, the first Destiny House in 2008, the first Destiny House. Wow, wow. And so yeah, we've been doing this, the Destiny House part of it, it's our restoration program uh, for many, many years now. So, I, I believe we're the first survivor-led safe house in the country, in, Los, in uh, America. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, so, yeah. so what is it that keep, gives you that boldness to do this, Annie? I, I understand that this can be a very dangerous place to do ministry in uh, where you are dealing with uh, pimps uh, or, you know, they, they can actually be angry with the people that you're rescuing. And, and what is it that keeps you courageous and keeps you bold to be able to do this kind of work? And Because sometimes it may, um, you know, require for you to walk into very tricky uh, situations where uh, you know it may not be completely safe for you and how do, how do you how, how do you remain bold in in those times you know you have to have prayer but also I think part of my boldness and strength is that God has taken my anger and he has flipped it into love mm. and you have to remember that the pimps are people too, the traffickers are people too, and that God loves them. Mm. Now, a lot of people don't want me to say that, but yeah. oh well, I'm going to say it. Amen, yeah. And so I personally, yes, there's been a lot of hairy, scary situations right. that I wouldn't wish on anyone, but the boldness, I, I truly believe that God has put that boldness in me. Mm. And not anger anymore it's just the willingness to go out there to risk my life and our other staff and our volunteers lives for the women that are hurting and it's it to to me uh it's it shows what real love is Amen. and so i think that fuels me knowing i could if i could get just one more person out of a trafficking situation mm -hmm. that next one like uh, the next one's coming and it it gives me a lot of fuel i think hmm. and, hmm. and to continue to grow and to continue to rescue more ladies wow. so it's not for the faint of heart i mean definitely if anyone wants to get involved you need to be trained right you right. need to be trained because you could say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing and get hurt yourself so i understand it's very important that you get educated on right. trafficking and the movement is there's 25 types of trafficking now and so if you go to polarisproject.com, they're my friends, we love them. You will find out more information on that. Wow. So. so Annie, uh, let me ask you this, because you're also leading a movement, you're, you're leading this Destiny House, and uh, how do you deal with disappointment? Because as leaders, sometimes uh, disappointments and 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 break break of trust and you know uh, failure sometimes is a uh, is right. is a part and parcel of life. So how do you deal with right. it and how do you not give up in spite of all the things that uh, that come across a leader's life to discourage them and to slow them down? And, and what is it that you do to uh, you know build yourself up and keep yourself going during those hard moments? 
Uh, and it's definitely hard. We all know in ministry that you have staff sometimes and volunteers and even the people that you're ministering to that will turn against you and flip the card on you. And mm. all of a sudden they're, they'll come against you and talk about you behind your back and trash what you're doing. And so that in itself is hard. And then the other end of the spectrum, what about finances? What about when the finances don't come in that you need yeah. to just pay your staff and you right. don't want to close the house? So for me, I honestly... I know what I've been called to do mm. and that calling is rooted in my heart mm. and it's just like how Jesus talks about in John 15 to be to be attached to the vine mm -hmm. and not yeah. detached from it and mm. so when I need a resurge or and I need to get refilled or I need a word I need a I need an encouragement I need Whatever, I just, yeah. I go to the source and I Amen. get quiet and I play music hmm. and I really, and I'll read a lot too about people of faith, their autobiographies, but also I think my favorite is King David. Hmm. I think King David had so much come against him hmm. and, and of course Jesus is the main story, but. Absolutely, yeah. Who I know he wasn't perfect, but that's what's so beautiful about him, the broken hallelujah. Mm. He, you know, I mean, he was with Bathsheba. He had Uriah killed and, you know, he, he did some sketchy things. He partnered with a king that was sketch. And, you know, he, you know, the one that actually was part of Goliath's team. <laughs> mm, yeah. And, and so King David had a lot of challenges, but there was something about him and his love for God. Mm. And I study that because if you read the Psalms, he never gave up mm. on what he, what God told him to, that he was going to be the king mm -hmm. and that he was going to have a legacy. Mm. You know, and even though he couldn't build the temple, his son would. Mm -hmm. And by the way, his son that shouldn't have been born because of Bathsheba, but he was. Yeah, yeah. So the junk we do, right? And he can fix it for good. So God can take our our, our messy, junky, uh, you know, doggy doo doo stuff that we go through in True. ministry in the nonprofit organizations, and he can use it as a teaching tool for us, and actually as a platform to help others, Amen. guide others in their muck. So that's what I like to do. Is I I do love to share my wisdom. And it's only been about 15 years now, maybe 16 in ministry, but it's definitely, I never thought at the five year mark and then the 10 that I could even say I was in ministry for 15 or 16 or 17 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause it's been that long now. Wow. It's incredible what God's done. Wow. And I just I love wisdom and I love gleaning off people mm -hmm. that have been in the church like us. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone like you, like we know what it's like to be attacked. Right. We know what it's like to be. See, and that's the thing, is that one of the stats say that people with that get in ministry, the majority of them quit. Mm. Only ten percent stay. True. Is it lower than that actually? I'm not sure what the real stat is on that. But how are we going to be an example if we quit? True. True. Like, come on, people. You're supposed to be inspiring people. You're supposed to be an example. 
Yeah. So anyway, I'm not going to start tooting that. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much, Annie, for sharing your heart on that. Uh, let me let me just uh, probably ask you this. Uh, you know, this podcast goes out to a lot of pastors and leaders in India, especially, and so many of them in Africa, wherever we have our churches in. And uh, what can pastors and leaders specifically do to help, uh, you know, educate their people, to make them aware of uh, what is happening in the world out there, to protect them from sexual abuse or sex trafficking, pornography? Uh, what are the, some of the practical things that you would encourage pastors to do uh, to be able to I serve people who are being victimized by the world out there? Yeah, I, I think that the, the more awareness they can bring to their congregations mm. and also mm. maybe, you know, you know, partner with a ministry, yeah. partner, be a, with a paraclete ministry, partner with a ministry that doesn't have a church. If, if a ministry has a church, it doesn't matter. Partner with them anyway. Mm. They need more than one church partnering with them mm. and, and get educated. Mm. Give your congregation a teaching about sex trafficking. Allow your congregation to serve these people and this population. Mm. Get involved. Get involved with people that are sexually abused. Help them come to the cross. Mm. Help them heal by being their family, mm. by being a support center and a group. The church is supposed to be a hospital. Let's act like one. Yeah. What yeah. are we doing? Why are we not being who we say we profess to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's just like that parable where Jesus said, you know, chop that tree down. I don't see any fruit on that tree because that tree needed to produce something. Right. The tree said it was a lemon tree or let's just say a fig tree. The tree said it was a fig tree. There was no fruit on it. Mm. So why don't you be a fig tree? So that but the farmer pled with him and said, please just give it one more year. Mm. And you know, obviously, let's put some manure around that tree because <laughs> I guarantee you it will produce some fruit because that's the thing is that we need to be in the trenches with the victims. Mm. We need to be in the trenches with the very small percentage of people that are serving these people. Mm. It's not right for a very small percentage. Come join us. Mm. I am sure in your city, look around you. Mm. Look around. Look at the areas where it's happening. Help out. Mm. You know, even if you pray, donate, you mm. know, make some food for someone that's hungry. Mm. Allow mm. someone, you know, to to be a, uh, you know, to tell you their story and be a support system for them. If they can just get it off their chest, I mean, I'm telling you that mm. that's called in the psychology world cognitive therapy. Mm. But for me, just what the Bible already teaches us. Hey, confess your sins to one another so that ye may be healed. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Annie. Yeah. You know, it, so, I, I don't know how, how churches function out there in the West, but especially here in India, um, you know, every church ha build their own world around themselves. And, and as long as the church uh, is oh, not directly oh. benefited by doing a particular ministry, if their church numbers are not increasing or if they don't get any more revenue, that you know they don't want to get involved in some of these things and and, and i that's think that is terrible. where yes that's just like america in a lot of ways not mm. every church is like that but everybody's about themselves and about growing their congregation and their 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 i wouldn't say volunteer base but their staff and making sure everyone's paid and 
I, I think it's, uh, they say that only 10% serve in the congregations mm. and, and it's a very rare percentage that actually tithe correctly, mm-hmm. but that's really sad. Mm. I mean, we need to all work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think that that's what Jesus was referring to when he said that there'll be many who would come and tell me that um, uh, that in that we did so and so in your name. But you know, and, and Jesus would tell them, "Hey, I was I was hurting. I was naked. I was in prison. Where were you? And and none right. of you came to serve me. You did all these other fancy things, but you're not really serving me." And uh, yes. and they would then ask, when did we do that? And and Jesus would reply saying, whatever you did not do to one of these least of my children, you are actually not doing it right. for me. And uh, that's right. That's right. I, th- I think that is uh, that is such a huge calling upon the church. And Annie, would you want to say any concluding words to um, our listeners before we finish today, and, and just probably also speak a word of prayer over. Uh, of a nation, the nation of India, and uh, you know, like millions of people in India that are uh, slaves, set slaves, and you know, slaves, uh, bonded laborers, and different uh, arenas, and 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 if you could just speak a word of uh, love from the heart of God, and just just pray for the Church of India to be uh, strong enough to reach out to these people and to minister to them and to raise uh, leaders that will be. Um, you know, sent into all these yeah. difficult areas of the society. So if you could just do that. Um, I just want to to add, and everyone that's listening out there, do you remember there was a woman, there was a woman in the Old Testament, and her name was Rahab. Mm. She is a direct descendant of Jesus. And I'm going to cry right now because, listen, Joshua and Caleb were directed by God to go into the promised land. And the first city that they ran into was Jericho. And they were given the authority and power on the seventh day to bring those walls down with the seven trumpets and the seven marching around the city. And Rahab, before they went into that city, she was there and running a brothel and she was, I believe, a sex trafficking victim. Mm. And her family was part of the business as well. And so she knew that these two spies that came, one of them was Salome, by the way, that she they, they think that she married, mm. which is really cool, mm. that she saw and heard that God was all powerful. She had heard about the miracle working God and she told those spies, you know what? I wanna come with you guys. Will you please remember me? Please come and get me. When we, I know what's about to go down. I, I'm paraphrasing the Bible, but they were faithful to come and rescue her with the scarlet cord Mm. before that city got crumbled. Mm. And the thing is about Rahab is that that in the promised land is the first family they rescued. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but what message Mm. is God trying to give us Mm. about if in our promised land, if First family he's choosing to rescue mm. is a traffic family, an enslaved family. What is, what is our duty as countries, as citizens of God, as citizens of the kingdom, to do for these people that are stuck in servitude? Mm. It is our mandate. It is our call in our lives, many of us, to go and after the Rahabs, 
And so here was my word is that please support survivor-led initiatives. Mm. Bring survivors to the table. Mm. We need your help. Mm. We need you. You need us. Mm. We need to come together. Joshua and Caleb didn't have a problem with Rahab joining their clan. Mm. They, they, he was with the tribe of Israel. Mm. She joined them. She's part of Jesus' lineage. No, come on. I mean, Boaz was her son. How much more do we have to bring this up to people to make them understand? And so I just want to say right now, I, we just trust you, Jesus. And mm. we believe right now, God, that the people that are listening, it's very unique. The, everyone that hears this message today, Lord, I just ask that you clear away any misconceptions or any blockages in their brain or their eyes and the way that they see trafficking and the way that they see slavery in servitude, especially in India, God, that you would open their eyes in the name of Jesus. God, take the scales off their eyes. Take the plugs out of their ears, Lord. I ask that you set them free from any judgment, Lord, and that, Lord, you would activate them. You would place a call and a seed of faith in their hearts, Lord, to open up their eyes and see what is wrong, and, Lord, that they are the answer. They are the answer to the prayers that are being prayed for thousands of years to set the captives free. So we just declare that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you're raising up, Lord, raise them up. You're raising up brand new creations in Christ to serve this population. New ministries are being birthed right now. New outreaches in the name of Jesus, Lord. New churches in the name of Jesus. More people are going to get saved. And Lord, if anyone else is listening that's never known the love of God, Lord, the love of Jesus Christ, we just ask you right now that you would touch their hearts, that you would shake their hearts up, Lord, that they that you would cover them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet with your peace and your love and your joy. You would fill them up right now, Lord. And if they're ready, Lord, that they would accept you into their hearts and and we, we all know that, Lord, that you died on that cross for our sins. And on the third day, you were risen from the death of Hades. And you got the keys, Lord. And you went into Hades and you opened up the prison doors. So we declare in the name of Jesus that the hearts and the prison doors are opened. And I thank you right now, Lord, that today, whoever's listening that has never accepted Jesus into their heart, that are agreeing with me in this prayer, that today is their first day of freedom. And we, Lord, we just welcome them into your kingdom. And the angels are rejoicing, and we love you, Lord. And I know that with you and everyone listening, that all things are possible. Amen. Everything, healing, yes. bondages being broken, Lord, miracles happening. Mm -hmm. Finances being restored. Finances overflowing in the name of Jesus are happening right now because we've been obedient to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm. Amen. 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 Thank mm. you so much Come for on. doing this, Annie. Thank you so much. Well, you're uh, your, your faith and your passion for God is so inspirational. I We pray that God will continue to use you and bless you and uh, and 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 our kids, uh, we 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 love uh, your husband and their music. Or what what God's oh, been you. Uh, doing through yeah. them, it's amazing. We we, so, we love uh, everything that God has been doing 
through both of you as a family. We pray that God will continue to use you, Annie. Thank you. I am excited to come to India one day. So anyone listening, come on and invite us. We're going to come see you. Amen. We would love to, love to have you here in India. Yeah. It'll be amazing yeah. to, to see you being uh, used by God to bless our nation as well. Thank you so much. Thank you guys You're for welcome. tuning in this morning. And uh, Annie, what is the best way that people could follow you on social media? Which is the one place you're uh, mostly? Simple. Well, um, Annie Lobert, so A-N-N-I-E-L-O-B-E-R-T, -N -N -E -E and then, of course, Hookers for Jesus. That's our name on all social media platforms. Amazing, amazing. So, so real Amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, and all, the, all of our listeners can, can check out and follow Annie online uh, to continue to remain in touch. Thank you for tuning in this morning, guys. God bless you.